There's nothing, nothing addicts fear more than isolation. So we're coming out of COVID now recognizing what, um, you know, lockdowns did for people struggling with addiction. It was the worst, worst year of opioid death in American history. The short film Strung is picking up plenty of awards at film festivals all over the world. It deals with the tough issue of addiction. Lost in the forest of his own mind, the main character, Eric, must rely on the survival skills of a mysterious nine-year-old boy to help him battle vicious withdrawals and self-deprivation to catalyze change within his family's cycle of addiction. The filmmakers are currently working to turn Strong into a full-length feature film. They're also committed to using the subject matter to raise awareness on addiction and help those struggling with this disease of the brain. On this episode of Grieving Out Loud, I am joined by co-directors Joseph Besnick and Ryan Reed, as well as the lead actor and story creator, Jeremy Darling. I am joined by Joseph and Jeremy and Ryan today, the filmmakers, or some of the filmmakers. They have a big crew, but thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you for having us. Thanks, Angela. Now, the subject matter of the film, Strong, deals with addiction. Why did you pick this subject matter? Well, I, so this is Jeremy. I, I began working pretty closely with people in recovery or people um, struggling with addiction probably about 23 years ago uh, when I was 17. Um, and that just became part of the kind of the community that I was around through, you know, church, neighborhood, other things. And in 2014, I started an organization called the Salvage Project. And the goal was to take music and stories to um, people that were in prison. If you don't know this, most most people in prison are dealing with some kind of an addiction. It's not to excuse their behavior, um, but it's it's part of their reality, whether they're male or female. And so the the story was really kind of born out of a lot of my experiences with them, their stories, um, sort of melding with my own with my own story. And these some, you know, for me, sometimes we're also very close friends. I've had very close friends that struggle with addiction, um, you know, that live with me. So it was a way to uh, give them a voice. We tend to push these people, whether they're homeless or people in group homes or in prison, we tend to like to keep them at the fringe of society and try and forget that they're there. So we wanted to make a film about uh, a forgotten population. And that was really where the story began known that isolation was going to be coming in the way that it did so there's there's planning and knowing that we wanted to tell this story at this time because of the health crisis that's going on yeah. but we never would have known that we would have all gone into a state of isolation and then come out even worse in that health crisis so really it's kind of a zeitgeist moment and we're, we're thankful that we're in this time right now with a piece of work that is 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 moving in that yeah it's really pressing there's nothing nothing addicts fear more than isolation so we're coming out of covid now recognizing what um you know lockdowns did for people struggling with addiction it was the worst worst year of opioid death in american history well and they always say that the solution to addiction is connection and when you picked the subject matter and wrote this script and, and did all of this it was before covid hit right and then right. we go so you didn't know um, that the focus was going to even be greater on the problem of substance use disorder and the overdoses right. were going to rise to 223 a day when you did this. So the subject is even more relevant than when you started. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what we call uh, really a zeitgeist moment. Um, and we really felt 
once we started unraveling this, because, you know, we were going to hopefully release this in 2020 and we had to kind of put everything on hold, but the timing was really, really providential for releasing it in 2021 as we're all now trying to unpack um, what happened last year, not just in terms of people that got sick, but for what it did for people on the fringes, the forgotten members of society um, that were locked down. I can think of three major movies that have dealt with addiction or a parent dealing with a child's addiction uh, in the last couple of years. So the subject maybe is being, yeah, beautiful boy. Um, There was one with Julia Roberts, I think where her son was addicted. And then there was a, another movie with a Glenn Close was in that with her daughter addicted. Do you think that there is more attention being paid to the issue, especially of like opioid type addictions? I don't, I don't know. Certainly opioid, like fentanyl, when you think of drug addiction, people think of like cocaine or heroin, even methamphetamines. It seems to always be changing and ever evolving. Fentanyl obviously is one I don't think enough people know about and, and the damage that's doing. I don't know that I, I trust movies at all to be kind of the, the pulse on society where things are at. I, I, a movie I saw that I really liked that I thought addressed it in a human way was um, called Half Nelson with Ryan Gosling back in 2011. And he was a teacher struggling with an addiction. And one night, one of his students like caught him in a hotel room high with a, with a prostitute. And that moment like humiliated him because he was really trying to help this girl who was coming from a struggling home. And that, I'd never seen it treated that way of someone who was sort of semi-functional um, being caught like that and having to really face something you know, humiliating. So I appreciated that approach. Certainly, um, Hillbilly Elegy has gotten a lot of attention. And I think that's great as, as we recognize how addiction just kind of sends it down the line in a family from father to son, mother to daughter, almost like it's hereditary. So I, I appreciate any time a movie comes out and addresses it in a, in a way that doesn't glamorize it or wrap it all up in a nice in a nice tidy bow. But I don't I don't think the war on drugs clearly hasn't worked. We've been declaring a war on drugs for decades, and it's only gotten exponentially worse. No matter how many people we we lock up for drug offenses. How do you humanize someone suffering from substance use disorder? Because I think you did that. I, I had a, I had a little. I got to see the movie. So, uh, and I think you did a really good job of that and strong. And and how do you think? that needs to be done in films? Well, I think that in general, in our society, hi, this is Ryan, uh, that we we look at them as people that deserve to be locked up, that they are derelicts, they are like, oh, you did this thing, you gotta pay the price, you gotta go to prison, and that's how it's done. Instead of treating these people as patients, treating these people in need of medical attention and and understanding that no one that is that is uh, succumbed to addiction did so by a single choice or f- faced this and decided this is what they wanted. It was a series of small choices that right. snowballed and 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 at some point became out of their control. And so to see that pain and to see that um, loss of control and loss of self, and to be able to highlight that and and and. The people that the people that we would want to see this uh, this film being being addicts and being people that are in recovery and to be able to see themselves in this and see their own humanity. Yeah, it's a way to enter into into their pain when you can um, show people the other side of of that addict's life. I think I think the best best way, at least for me, when I've gone into prisons to do that 
is to remember that these men or these women used to be little kids. And I think that was what was so great about Strung and what's going to be so great as we turn this into a feature is remembering that these were just little kids once. And I've got four children. And I look at these men in prison, remembering they were my kids' age once. They were five. They were eight. They were 12. And what happened to them, what was done to them, it's very rare someone from a really great, healthy, normal, functional home just goes out and becomes a drug addict. I've heard enough stories to recognize that um, a, a lot of these men and women come from extremely broken homes. And when you can remember them as a child and know that part of the story, it um, enables you to have the kind of sympathy you might have for a little kid when you, when you can picture him in that moment, his mom's leaving, picture him in the moment he's being abused. And remember that as they got older, they just, the, the, as the anger wells up, and you have this desperate desire to be part of a community, you're just going to go wherever that is. And for a lot of those young kids, it ends up being the wrong crowd uh, and eventually drugs to help make them feel good and to help bring some, some semblance of happiness that they have not known. Well, trauma and certainly. The other side of that. Yeah, trauma okay. certainly contributes, you know, to people becoming not always, but mo- most of the time, much of the time, there's childhood or deep, deep trauma that occurs. And if not that, it's also very closely connected to just mental health in general. And you can come from a perfectly fine home and, and, you know, something within you is seeking something and, and it's insatiable and, you know. Yeah. I've met those people, you know, I had a good mom, good dad. I just kind of started doing stupid things and, and ended up getting hooked on uh, X, Y, or Z. So there's a broad range, certainly of people that struggle with addiction. And if you're an alcoholic, Liquor is legal and it's much easier to get. Uh, if you're a, a drug addict with heroin or cocaine, illegal substances, they're harder to get. You got to go to more dangerous places to get them. If it's over-the-counter pharmaceuticals, um, there's any kind of manipulation you have to start uh, performing in order to, to get what you want. If you're a gambling addict, um, you know there's different kind of repercussions for that. There's all different things we can be addicted to. And I've met all of those people. So we tried to kind of conceptualize them all into this one character of, of Eric. Do you think that art, film, books can reduce the stigma and the shame surrounding addiction? I think now more than ever. I think that's another reason why we're so oddly fortunate that the world went into the time that it did because it did get people to become more self-aware. And so I would say that Frankly, when we started making this film before COVID, before the shutdown, we truly, there was a lot more risk. There was a lot more, I mean, it's hard to open up the hearts of this world. And so I, I, I believe that now more than ever is a very palpable time where there's so many people that are thinking about making big changes and that's physically, that's emotionally, that's spiritually. And so I think right now the fabrics are a lot more vulnerable for us to bring some light to some new understandings in ways that people didn't normally have the uh, time or capacity um, or compassion or empathy to open up to. So I would say now more than ever. I think beauty, beauty beyond art, art is just a way that expresses beauty. And beauty to me is like a visible sign of, of a good thing in the world that there is good. I can look at something beautiful or a little child. There's a, I've been holding a little baby here, five months old at this conference that's got down syndrome. It's like the cutest little baby I've ever seen. And she would touch my chin and, 
and was trying to talk to me and making all these noises. And I thought I could just sit here forever. But I look at that baby and I, I'm reminded that there's something good in the world. And art has the power to really do that, to kind of incarnate a, a beautiful thing or an idea and put that in, in front of people. So there's no question whether it's music or paintings or sculptures or film or photography, there's a number of mediums to talk about um, really hard things and try and bring out their beauty. Every person has dignity and value and is beautiful by nature of their being a human being. And even if they're struggling with addiction, even if they're hurting everybody around them and, and need help. So we really want to try and highlight that in the film, as well as just the beauty of, of children, of being a child and the importance of protecting children. I want to give you guys a chance to brag for just a moment. So Strong is a short film, and you've entered it in many different film festivals. Uh, Joseph, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we honestly had no idea just how well or how not well we would do, as we were told by many of our uh, um, you know, uh, contemporary or, filmmakers, yeah, right. People that have, you know, even our uh, director of photography has been doing this for, I don't know, 30, 40 years. So said, you know, don't get your hopes up on where it goes, but because uh, it's your first time, this is our, this is the first thing that we've ever directed. And is, is, is making a short film. This film is 17 minutes long. Is that pretty typical in the industry then? Yeah, definitely. It's mm -hmm. actually, it's funny. A lot of people that came to see this, I think it was their first time ever seeing a short film. They're like, oh, wow, that's like a movie, but, but just but tiny, just a tiny <laughs> little movie. It's like, yes, yes, it is. It's a way of filmmakers to start exploring their art, um, or it's a way of filmmakers to uh, present a, a concept, or for a lot of people, it's their first time directing. And so you got to take a smaller amount of money, make something smaller, see if you're if, if you can even do it and because film is i think the most intensely collaborative art there is um i think maybe second to theater uh or no it's theater being the second and um with film it's just and with all of that, that collaboration comes just a lot of money so yes doing a short film is uh is a lot more cost effective but we've we've done well, Ryan. How many film festivals have we been selected to? Uh, right now, I think we've been we have been accepted into twenty one film festivals around the world. Yes, and we've gotten eighteen nominations, thirteen wins. That's right. Yeah, including a number of best actor awards for Jeremy and for Wyatt, his son. And me and Ryan have uh, also collected a best first time director award as well. So, I mean, it's really, it's crazy to even say that every time I say the words, they become a little bit more true, That's um, wild. but <laughs> yeah, just kind of rolling with it and being like, well, yeah. and, it, and it's so strange because we, we, you know, we've gone through all of this either at the uh, end of 2020 is when we first started hearing back from these festivals. And uh, so it was still in lockdown, still in isolation. So it wasn't like we were going to these giant festivals festivals and meeting all these people like and would have you know, in real world yeah and, and hearing our names you know uh read from an envelope or something it was just like you know i was sitting on my couch and an email popped up and it was like hey you won and i was like oh cool <laughs> you know <laughs> a little anticlimactic for yeah, filmmakers it's especially it's been, yeah it's certainly been far beyond anything we ever could have hoped even a best case scenario it has far surpassed that so we've proven to ourselves and the people that have supported us that we can take just a concept and, and do um, something really amazing. So we're, that's given us the confidence to know we can go forward and make a full feature length film and do something uh, even more amazing. 
Now you had two screenings, uh, public screenings of the movie and had a really great um, response to it. And you also raised money for a couple of nonprofits who are working in the field of addiction, including Emily's Hope. So thank you so much for doing that. Why was it important to use the subject matter to give back to help what the subject matter is about? Yeah, honestly, it's it comes down to we made a short film and in a lot of ways that was for us that was for us to continue forward so that we could create art for the world and then we found ourselves with this piece of beauty that we knew that we could take and actually do more with than just be a return on our investment into something bigger instead it can be something that we can actually utilize and bring to the world now and so when we began to decide that we were going to put this on in person, even though there hadn't been in-person showings for anybody really in the world, we, we decided that we must make something out of it, something large. And Ryan and I have had the pleasure of um, putting on a performance to raise money for something great. And there's, there's such a, a, I mean, I, I can kind of get choked up talking about it because it sets a new standard for what art can do. And there's, yeah, I mean, frankly, there's just not a lot of people who do that. And um, we know that our, what, what is coming to us will come. And so the time of, of putting on a show to raise money for us is not, not the impact. The impact is, is to bring it, bring it forward to those who couldn't be there. And I truly believe whether or not uh, anyone sees what you do in the dark or, uh, or behind closed doors, I think that God and uh, the universe sort of, makes a path for you based on your intention, based on the energy that you put into your work. And so whether or not um, there are, you know, whatever your motives are behind closed doors, I think if those are true and those are good natured, then the type of path that you will lead. And we need to, you know, going into it, if we can really establish ourselves as filmmakers and begin our reputation exactly how we want it to, which is that we really are doing this to help other people and not just to put our faces out there trying to advance our careers so that we can all eventually move to New York or LA and do that. But the very, we wanted to establish from the get go, this is what we're about. And we're not making any money from tonight, but because you supported this work, we're actually physically, tangibly helping real other human beings who are struggling with addiction like this character in real time because of your support. So you're not helping us get to New York. You're not helping us get to LA. Um, you're not helping us get any kind of acclaims. You're actually tangibly helping people that are in um, recovery right now or struggling with addiction right now. And then that becomes the reputation that we can build off of. And that's what we wanted from the beginning. How can we, how can we show people that we're really serious? How can we get them to trust us? Let's give all the money away and, and really help them. Uh, organizations like Emily's Fund and, and Tallgrass. Right. And I can, t I can tell you that several people will be getting treatment because of your work, because of what you did. So to me, that's really exciting. I mean, it's unspeakably, it's beyond anything I think mm -hmm. words can express knowing like we made this film in two days when I get help that they wouldn't have gotten before. It's, it's really hard to conceptualize how big that is from a film and maybe people never meet, you know? The, we filmed this in, in two days and I think the, the greater production took about a year. <laughs> Editing and everything else. Yes, yeah. everyone thinks, you know, filming is like the only part, but no, that took a eighth of 1% of the time. So what happens next? Well, there are a couple of things I wanna address. First, uh, 
people can't really see the short film strung right now anywhere because you're entered in festivals, right? Can you explain that? Because I know I've had quite a few people since you did the public showings, uh, two of them in our hometown ask, well, how do I see this? How can I see it? And I said, I, you can't really right now, right? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for some festivals, if you have it online, um, just available to watch, that alone can be a ding to not allow you to be in the festival because they're you're treating it as something that isn't worth something. I, I don't know. It's Hollywood's. Hollywood. It's just the rules, right? It's just yeah. the rules you got to yeah. follow. Um, but eventually this will be made public online and for everybody to see it. Um, but now that we have what we have and there's still festivals to be shown, um, we're we're going to try and make as much as of an impact as we can to take it ourselves, like we did in Sioux Falls, to different cities around the country and do some showings um, from there. So let us know if you uh, are in an area, wherever you are listening to this, if you want it to come to your hometown, I'm sure you can get a hold of us. Yeah, well, we can put some contact information on there and uh, at least to your website and all that. Uh, so what is involved in taking this short film and making it a full length feature film besides money. I mean, obviously money, it's a huge endeavor, right? Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's acquiring our team again and uh, it's finalizing the script that we're going to use. Uh, Jeremy is here in uh, Chicago area right now um, for a conference that he was speaking at the GK Chesterton conference. And we had the pleasure of reading the full feature script. We had a table read with for the first time, actually all of us together yeah. getting to read it because Jeremy uh, wrote this first version. And so this is the first time that Joseph and Jeremy and I all got to be in the same space and hear it, uh, acted out by by other people other than just the voice in our head yeah and i grabbed i grabbed some folks i met over the week of this conference one is a professional actor his name's john walker he was a tremendous tremendous help and it we we read it kind of like a radio drama just around a table i gave some basic instructions and expectations and set the scripts out in front of folks and we just had fun uh and it was it was riveting yeah so now we have a script and we have uh, our first angel investment to make this into a full feature. So we're on our way. Yeah, we're about 20% to our, 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 our main goal, but that's more than enough for us to get greenlit and get started so that we can start moving full into pre-production and start planning our shoot for production as we, as we plan. Which will probably be next spring, I think is kind of the hope we can start shooting next spring. We have enough money to make a feature film right now. If worst case scenario, if we had to dial back on certain things, we know that the story is strong enough that the people that we're working with are 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 there. You can make a film for for less than the money that we have right now. So uh, there's that aspect, but there's also just knowing that we're going to to get what we need to make this happen um, because it's definitely it needs to happen. What what's your ultimate goal with the storyline of the feature film? Well, it'll it'll it's evolved quite a bit from the short film. Um, there'll be some more fantasy sci-fi elements uh, in in the story and definitely an even bigger twist ending than the short film had. Um, but I, I think the goal would be to build on what we did with Strung. We've envisioned, you know, this is a film that we could potentially um, screen for free in every prison in America. I mean, all the work I've done in prison over the last seven years touring, doing concerts, would instantly be dwarfed in a moment by a film like this that we could simply send into prisons and have them show to their populations. So outside of like financial goals of hopefully getting enough to continue making films, um, what it would do for the people struggling with addiction, for their family members, education, uh, people 
incarcerated in addiction to help them and inspire them, I think is beyond anything we could really express. But certainly it's a, it becomes another springboard to continue making these kinds of films. Ultimately, we want to just keep telling these, these kinds of stories. Difficult stories, really hard stories. Yeah. And, and if, you get, yeah. If, you'd, if you'd show the film in prison to people, many people who suffer from addiction, what, what would your hope be that they get out of that? watching it just by well, watching you know, a film yeah, it's a great question there was a guy at the at the premiere mm -hmm. last week mm -hmm. um when we were doing q a he was the last question of the last night and he took the microphone and uh and told the, the whole room that i've uh, been an alcoholic for 20 years and um i really connected with this film this character i felt like i was watching myself and my story and he was in recovery and his story was just beautiful. I ended up sitting and talking with him. I think we all did for a while. He wrote us a beautiful letter mm -hmm. about how deeply he was moved by this little 17 minute film of uh, being heard. And certainly we don't, we don't, we're not talking about normalizing addiction. We would like to normalize caring mm -hmm. for addicts and recognizing mm -hmm. their human dignity and their human worth and getting them the help that they need um, beyond shoving them in prison or, or isolating them in recovery programs and never the, the community never surrounding them. So in this sense, we, with a film and bringing people in, it forces the community to kind of reconsider these things and get involved more. I'm, I'm what I, you would call a localist or a distributist. I, I believe in that the local communities are the solution and um, to working together and making our country a better place coming together locally and that means loving those people in our community that are really struggling so his story was out of, the, out of the whole week last week in Sioux Falls in the premiere his story was really really profound to to have someone there that had been through it because that's that's what we want to know the most not like well now I look at addicts differently okay that's great well there's a homeless girl right outside uh, right on this main street in Sioux Falls. So how are you going to treat her now when you walk past her? But we had an addict right there in the room in recovery, willing to share his story and how deeply he was moved. So the hope would be with a film like this, that it would be another reason for someone struggling with addiction once they get out, because everyone eventually gets out of prison to really seek the help they need and seek reconciliation with the people they hurt. That's a big piece of the feature length film is um, our, our main character reconciling the people that he hurt. That's a huge part of recovery is recognizing I've hurt a lot of people and I need to make that right. So the hope would be that we can inspire them and fill them with a, con a great conviction to go out and um, take ownership over their decisions in their lives, get the help they need and stay committed to sobriety for the rest of their lives while reconciling with everyone that they may have hurt in the process. Well, and I love that idea of normalizing care for addiction. Uh, not that we don't want people, we want to prevent addiction. That's ultimately uh, our goal, yeah. right? But we know it happens and it happens more frequently than ever. So normalizing that care, uh, helping people un to understand this is a human being, a full human being. You know, you think of when you talk about seeing somebody as a child, you know, this is somebody's child at one point. And they just, they lost themselves. It is true that people who are suffering from substance use disorder lose themselves and it's a disease of the brain and we need to treat it within our medical system instead of outside of it or instead of in these corners over here. And we don't talk about it so much shame. So I think anything we can do um, to bring it to the forefront of people's minds is helpful. 
Yeah, and, and to me, it starts by reminding everyone that there's a human being in there struggling with addiction who did not want to be there and did not want to be an addict. Yeah, nobody choose to be an addict. Yeah, um, and getting our community more involved in caring for those people, loving those people, and helping them through that process. I've got a friend who's a wounded veteran. He lives in St. Louis, severe brain injury, barely survived. And he helped, uh, he's working with an organization called the Joshua Chamberlain Society. They adopt disabled veterans for the rest of that veteran's life in the community. So whatever you need, you call us. You need a ride, you call us. You need food, you call us. And the community becomes a part of that, the rest of that, that veteran's life. And they deserve that. Our veterans deserve that. I'd like to see something similar for addicts where communities, churches, local organizations get involved to recognize this is somebody really hurting in our community that needs all of our help to stay sober. It's a battle to stay sober. And I'm not comparing in any stretch serving, defending our country to, to addiction. Uh, my point is that community needs to get involved when they see somebody hurting and struggling. And I'd really like this film to remind people of that. Well, I think what I love the most is that you're all on a mission. You know, you're, you're doing something you're, you love and you're passionate about uh, and that you're good at, but you're also, there's mission within that. And I think anytime there's mission within our endeavors, they can be successful because it, like, like you talked about earlier, it goes beyond just your own ego. Correct. And there's enough of those in Hollywood. I mean, the world does not need more egotistical filmmakers uh, <laughs> making infantilizing films. My friend has a term, he calls it redemptive art. He runs a theater in the Twin Cities. And I always love that idea of art that, that redeems or promotes redemption uh, in some ways. It's the only thing, the only kind of art I'm interested in doing for the rest of my life. Well, I can't wait to hear what happens with this film and to see it come to fruition in a full-length feature film. I just want to thank you all so much for including Emily's hope in your mission and bringing these community partners alongside you. And I really look forward to letting people know when they can watch Strung, the 17 minute short, and then also when the full length feature film comes out. Yeah, stay tuned. The the, the trains left the station, so <laughs> things are going to start picking up speed here. Choo -choo. Thank uh, you for your work and uh, in the community as well, and for doing what you do and for supporting us. It means the world to us. We well, thank, forget. thank you. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me for this latest edition of Grieving Out Loud. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider giving a positive review, wishing you faith, hope, and courage.